Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Airbnb Nomads podcast. You're with me, Alex, and the main man, Mr. Pooh. And on this week's Property Education Masterclass, we are joined by the one and only Heidi Louise. Now, Heidi is the real deal. She is a serial entrepreneur. She has completed countless property projects, and I personally find her truly inspiring, and I think you're going to as well. So stay tuned as we discuss all of the details of her property journey up to today, and more importantly, all of the massive plans she's got in front of her moving into 2024. So stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. Here we go. This is the only podcast you need to follow in order to grow and develop your own systemized and profitable Airbnb business. And this week, we are here with the fabulous Heidi Louise. Heidi Louise is a full-time property investor. She's doing all kinds of really cool strategies, including serviced accommodation. So welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, Thank you for joining us. So Heidi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you based? We see a lot of you on social media. You're pretty famous on the old Facebook <laughs> and the Instagrams. Um, so yeah, tell us about you, where you're from, what are you into? Thank you. Tell us so a bit little, about yourself. A little bit about me. So I'm, I'm Heidi. I, I'm just left my job my last days tomorrow. So I've worked in the, the prison sector for 14 years and I'm going into full-time property. So I've spent two years building up a business around HMOs and then serviced accommodation was my second strategy. Um, I do deal packaging, I've got a podcast as well. Um, and I run one of the progressive networking events. I'm based near Hull. I'm not in Hull. I'm in Lincolnshire, which is better, mm-hmm. but no one's heard of it. <laughs> so I say Hull. So I'm based literally yeah. on the Humber Bridge, pretty much. Yeah. So oh. um, so I cover Yorkshire and Lincolnshire. So do a little bit of everything. I'm also now trying to buy a block of flats, mm-hmm. uh, raising finance for investments. So um, yeah, I, li- I like to do loads of stuff. Wow. I love stress. <laughs> Bring the stress on. And yep. I run it on an hour a day. So. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I so can almost we're, we're, hear the people listening thinking, "Is this is this Heidi or is, is this, this Superwoman?" <laughs> Just a lot of coffee. People go, "How do you do it?" I'm like, a "Lot of coffee." So where where did it start for you, Heidi? It's um, where, where's the the starting point for for property? I mean, how did that like come come about? And so so I've got an official answer and then a real answer. So my official mm. answer is I started my limited company two years ago. So started yeah. the limited company. Prior to that, I've been a landlord for five years in my personal name, but I've been working in the housing sector for 14 years, Mm. mostly as a expert in homelessness. Um, Unconventionally, I feel like I'm Kevin McDonnell. I should have been. Mm. I used to run rent to rent HMOs about 13 years ago. I didn't realize what I was doing, didn't have any training, and I did it all wrong with the wrong paperwork. So I kind of started in property loosely and by accident about 13 years ago. Then I bought my first property, lived in it. That became a buy to let. But genuinely, I bought that property with the intention of it being an Airbnb. So I've had that property 10 years. So officially two years, but technically I've been dabbling in it unofficially for about a decade, really. Wow. So what gave you this, it sounds like you always had this interest, uh, this desire to kind of get into property, you know, it was a, you know, a really valuable thing, you know, to have these assets and this, you know, this income. So where did that come from? Was parents in property or siblings no. or just a... my, my brother and sister earned a lot of money and never spent it on anything sensible. Um, and I was skin student living in a HMO and I 
calculated what my landlord was getting. And I was like, hang on a minute, she she must be loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, this is this is quite easy. So I, I lived in a HMO, calculated what they was getting, and I started unofficially managing it for them. Right. So then I said, look, I'm going to leave. I want my own place. I don't live in HMO. And they went, oh, no, no, please don't leave. Mm-hmm. Stay in it with your partner who lived there also, and you can have it market rate buy to let. So I was like, cool. So I paid £550 a month. And she still let me sublet the bedrooms. <laughs> so wow. I stayed there and I got the income from the HMO and bought my first property with it and stayed in the HMO. So I've always kind of gone, hang on a minute. You know, I could make quite a lot of money doing mm. something that's quite, I want to say easy. It's not easy, obviously. But yeah. at the time, I didn't realize about risk, contracts, mm. rents, legislation, nothing like that. Because back then, HMOs weren't heavily regulated like they are now. And the same with SAs, not yeah. very regulated. So back then it was quite easy. So I've thought I could do this properly. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I think that's quite an inspiring story because I think with property, you know, there's a lot of people sitting at home listening to this thinking, I'd love to get involved, but you know, yep. I haven't got the money or I don't have the knowledge, right? And you're living proof that you just kind of, you know, you dug in, you learned a little bit, you was entrepreneurial, you saw a, a, a gap and you went for it and you know, you kind of develop from there. Yeah, I think one thing people, because I, I do mentoring and coaching as well, I forgot, I forgot about that in my intro. Mm. <laughs> but one thing people forget that you can't teach is your tenacity and your consistency. Yes, you can go on training courses. Yes, you can pay someone to kick you up the ass. But if you're not going to do your actions, you ain't going to be successful. And it's battling through on the days that are shit. Sorry if I'm swearing on no, your podcast. No, no, that's well right. that. We want to um, keep it real. We're going to keep it real. Oh, so that's yes, good. I swear, follow me, I swear all the time. I've got a <laughs> swear wordy cup next to me. So the one thing you can't teach is just grafting when times are hard. Yeah. And that's what property is and businesses really have learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're, you're right about the courses. How many people just hemorrhage money on courses and then walk out and just oh. go back to their job? Don't take yeah. action. Because it's, all it's just a little bit too it? difficult. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But isn't isn't that because like, you know, we, we get hyped up during the course and it just that, you know, that kind of feeling that kind of lasts for, I don't know, maybe three days, four days. And then when the reality kicks back in, yeah. that's when you're like, um, it's hard. It's too hard. I'm, I'm you know, so easy to go back to the jobs and just sit yeah, back because in, in, in the course you're getting sold all the rainbows and butterflies you yeah, know you don't yeah. really get sold the, the the reality of it really until you get out and start trying to implement this stuff well they don't they don't teach you that bit do they so i i do teach that when i when i mm. mentor people but have you guys done a property sa training course yes we have yep see, see yep. i haven't controversial mm. so i haven't so i did um a creative nobody down course and thought yep. right i need to i need to learn this this is all i'm doing Mm-hmm. And then I'll do the mastermind. I've never done an SA. So I paid for someone originally to manage my SA for me. And I was like, I think they're doing this wrong, you know. So I, mm. I got my husband to to set up some new ones on the slide on this program we had. Um, he learned it all. And I was like, this is this is quite straightforward. Um, yeah. But I've never done an SA training course because mm. I still don't think they teach you enough of the detail to actually mm. run one. I think you've got to do a bit of trial and error on it. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. You you gotta have to dip your toes in into it. Mm. Um, yeah, it can be all all sweet and rosies on on the the spreadsheets, all the numbers, you know. But when uh, when I think when you put it out there, then it's what you do when times are hard. 
yeah. yeah. Every day. You can't learn it. You can't. You can't. You can't learn it. You can't learn it all in the classroom. It's it's impossible. You know, and it's like what people say, right? It's so true that you learn when you when you're failing, when you're making mistakes, mm. when shit's going wrong. That's when you learn the real lessons. Um, and you can't teach that. It's just no. part of get, getting involved. A couple of things go wrong every day for me as well. And not, not wrong, because I always think it's a learning curve, but I've had something go different every day. And I think, oh, for God's sake, I didn't know about this. Or nobody talks about this. Or you only see the bookings on social media. Oh, I've earned 80 grand a week on this yeah. booking. And you think, oh, shut up. No, you haven't. Mm. No, nope. <laughs> exactly. But they don't yeah. tell you that. The previous guest has just absolutely annihilated the place and left mm. it an absolute mess. They don't talk about that bit. Um, so yeah, property, property training and SA is a interesting beast. Yeah, and I think social media in on a just in general is a bit of a double edged sword, right? It's powerful. It's great for the business. It's good to kind of promote yourself, but also we find ourselves always comparing and reading all of the success stories that have been fluffed up, and then you just beat yourself up because you're not doing as well. But um, yeah, most of it's bullshit it is and been in the north as well where are you guys based where's your portfolio down in the in the south london london uh, based Essex. <laughs> so <laughs> in in the north like i've almost got a hundred percent occupancy rate across my whole portfolio but the nightly rate is crap mm. compared to like some of my nightly rates are 60 quid and everyone's like uh, is oh that my God. is that for like a house or is it for yeah. apartments no, it's just a, like a four bed house. Some of them are four bed quid. house. Yeah, sixty so, quid a night. Yeah, yeah. so wow. it can range between sixty quid to one hundred and twenty quid, depending on the night, the demand, the demographic. Yeah, but where I mine are in Grimsby, Hull, horrible places. <laughs> I mean, investing <laughs> there, they're great. I mean that honestly. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, places where they're in some of the worst areas of Grimsby as well. So, mm. like beautiful houses in terrible areas but yeah. we aim it at contractors for long-term bookings so when people go on social media oh, i've got an 80 grand booking for like a year and i'm like what the hell and then when you break it down their mortgage is a lot higher or their rents are a lot higher and yes. our mortgage is 400 quid exactly. so actually it's it does stack better exactly. but the nightly yep. rates are a lot cheaper so yeah yeah depends where people are based as well yes 100 percent. yep i mean that that's the thing when you know people kind of list it out said you know i've got this much booking this is much this much value for the um for the inquiries but they don't tell you what is the net profits in that case and, and it's, the, it's the net profits that that you know that's the real deal so and a lot of the um, time that that booking hasn't even been paid it might be a booking that's been made for three months time and it's mm. like don't celebrate yet <laughs> it could get very easily get cancelled well know? i i had one yesterday uh, I always get excited. I need to like rein myself in, but a booking actually, because I'm like, where are these people getting these really long bloody bookings from? And I've had a couple where people have gone, right, I need a nine month booking. Mm-hmm. And then I've had them in for three weeks and they've gone, actually, don't want to be here. I want to be closer to site or yeah. I don't like the outro or what change or whatever. So yeah. you don't actually stay for nine months. Yeah. And then I had one come through yesterday for 10 grand and I almost fell off my chair and I was like, oh my God, 10 grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was an inquiry. And I could have screenshotted that and put it on social media and yep. annoyed mm. everybody. Yep. But actually, it was an inquiry. And when you delve down into the payment, they said, actually, we want to pay you £400 for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. And then we want to pay you £1,800 for every month consecutive. And I was like, you can piss off. I'm not, not accepting that <laughs> for bills to pay. Sure. And then they said, 
can we have it for November and we'll pay you at the end of November? And I went, no, no. you pay up front. Yeah. Idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm not accepting that. So actually I could have screenshotted that and gone, oh, I've got a 10 grand booking. Yeah. But actually mm-hmm. I've not accepted it because mm. they didn't want to pay me straight away. And I'm like, who, yeah. who would accept this? No. I mean, I, I had uh, I had an inquiry that uh, came to me and they said, uh, we would like to book with you for a year. And I said, really, a year? You know, I rarely get two weeks. You know, so yeah, you know, I'll take so it. a year, and then uh, you know, so so that's that's how like you know you kind of trying to find out more details and and said, okay, for a year, how are you going to pay it all up front? And said, of course not. You know, they're going to make term payments, um, and and if they do pay a few more in advance, then it's not your money still until mm. it's passed, until the bookings pass. So yeah that that's another issue as well where yeah you can get a direct booking and people will pay you direct and I've now got around the whole I used to use Stripe they take yep. fees mm-hmm. now if I can get them to do a bank transfer I'm bank like, transfer yes, yes. I yep. can bank mm-hmm. transfer yeah but the thing is as well with like booking.com they'll pay you 10 days after the Afterwards. stay yeah or people want to pay you in monthly increments which is just a bit like yeah people who get these bookings I'm like Okay. Uh, you you have to be careful as well. I mean, one one of the things that I find useful from all these online you know travel agencies, um, a lot of courses would say you know don't um, don't go with their book, uh, payment plan plan. Um, don't don't let Booking dot coms take the payments on your behalf because you're paying a bit you know out for them. But in fact, it's a lot cheaper. You know, in in if you think mm-hmm. about your hate space. If you have to chase for the um, the payments, you know it, it's a lot of time wasted in that case. So if yeah. you pay them, you know, a percent and a half, two percent for that time, I think it's worth it. You know, it's just yeah, t- time's really valuable for me. Like people go, how how do you do it? And like I've been working four days a week for two years while I'm doing my business, and I've got two young kids. Wow. And I've got like all these different elements of the business and I'm trying to keep myself alive and that sort of thing as well. And my business could be so much stronger and better, but at the minute I'm happy with the income. So like mm-hmm. I run all mine on Guesty and I paid a bit of money for Guesty, but it was worth every penny. And I've got right. friends that have more units than me, but have to mess about with speaking to the cleaners all the time and sorting their own linens out and getting like, buying their own washing up, up liquid and that sort of thing so i was like right i'm paying for guesty and then i pay for price labs i don't know yeah. if you use this it's um mm. have you guys got that yeah yeah the price so, yeah. so like price labs as well if anyone doesn't know i've got guesty as a channel manager and then i've got price labs on top of that which change the nightly rates incrementally depending on demand area usage that Seasons. sort of thing yep. and then we've linked guesty with the cleaners so they mm-hmm. now will see when the cleans are needed they'll tick it off and then within that they've got a checklist they have to follow yep. and part of the checklist um includes all of the new fire eggs all of the checkpoints they've got to look at and then it checks things like is the washing up liquid blah 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 and then they will go to the shops and buy it and then they'll invoice me once a week so actually to run my essays it's once a week so i'm happy mm. with booking.com taking their bit yeah, and the cleaners yeah. and yeah. everything because I'm still getting an income and I don't have to do anything. So mm. you've got to look at how much time, it's effort involved, yeah. Yeah, is involved. And I don't, yeah. don't want to speak to – I did speak to cleaners every day. It was the bane of my life. 
and linens and towels. So I just buy a million towels per house now because it's easier to do that than cry when there what, isn't any. <laughs> what 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 is your um? How do you attack the whole linen thing? Because you know, there's there's so many kind of different ways of looking at it. You know, if you're using commercial linen companies, they're expensive, but you know, you're not having to pay out for all the linen at the front end. Mm. Plus, you're not having to replace it after eighteen months. Mm-hmm. You know, so what do you do? You rent? Do you buy? What's your no? What's your kind I of go-to? I do the opposite of everyone else, <laughs> and I'll go. You don't I'll use any sheets. <laughs> no, there's no sheets in my places, and then and then when they arrive, I go, "Oh, sorry about that." We'll drop some off. <laughs> yeah, <did> bring your <laughs> own. <laughs> bring, that'd be a lot easier. I might change my business plan. <laughs> um, I buy bedding from ASDA or Tesco or Boys mm-hmm. if you have a Boys. Um, for a six quid a sheet or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I will go and buy three sets of that per bed. Sometimes right. more or less. I've dabbled with one nightly bookings, two nightly bookings, three nightly bookings, seven nightly bookings, and between three and four bed sets per bed is where it's at. And again, three towels, and then I trust the cleaners. Um, one, my cleaners as well clean the houses and do the linens. So mm-hmm. I pay five pound a bed set. So when they go in and take the linens off, they'll take them home, they'll wash it, they'll put it back. Yeah. Um, so and is, they is, know... your, is your cleaning company, is it um, like a private ones or is it a massive companies or? Do you know what? No, everyone listen to this will think, who the bloody hell is this idiot you've got in this podcast? In Hull, it's my friend's auntie. Okay. And yep. she's a, a lady that only works for me yeah and she's really flexible and she's lovely and she'll go above and beyond she'll even do the mm. gardens for me and she'll go it's a bit weedy there i've took the gardens wow. out and yep. oh i've bought some chocolates this time. i'll just let her have empowerment to do what she to needs what to she... do yeah. yeah yeah and then yeah. i've replicated that in lincoln and mm. i've replicated that in in grimsby as well so i've got mm. one or two ladies in the area that will do all of the laundry all of the cleaning and all of the buying for me as well. And they have mm. a checklist. It's not perfect because every yep. month we, we you know, we tweak it. Like the yep. fire eggs need tweaking now, they need training. Yeah. And then I've kind of gone, what if you need anything, buy it. If you want mm. a certain product, you buy it, I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then I've given that trust. So they'll go, right, I've bought you some new towels because there were stains, some fabric yep. conditioner, dishwasher tablets, one glass broke, you owe me, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I pay... Each cleaner, I go, how much do you want paying an hour? Some pay, some get paid £11, some get paid £15, depending mm-hmm. on where they live. Um, and that's it. Mine's really yeah. simple. And it's. And yeah, do you have, like, anyone, like, as a backup just in case? Like, when if they are sick or if they are... Yeah, so mm-hmm. they'll either give us a backup. If they go on holiday, they'll go, my friend will do it or my sister mm-hmm. will do it or whatever. Um, worst case scenario, I'll go and muck in. And yeah. I don't yeah. like doing it and I haven't done it regularly, but it, it teaches me a lot. It teaches me that they graft their asses off and we appre- should appreciate them a lot more than we probably do. Mm. Um, I can just keep an eye on the property. I've learned a lot. Um, I ironed the bedding once, burnt myself twice, got blisters and thought, I'll never buy that bedding again. I'll buy mm. non-ironed bedding. And I do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, think... I'm the ultimate pack up. I had the exact same experience one day. It was it was in the summer. It was burning hot. And for some reason, I ended up having to go over and do the beds and uh, in a five-bedroom house. <laughs> and 
Man, at the end of it, at the end of it, I wanted to call up our cleaners and say, "I'm doubling your pay immediately," because that was the worst day of my life. Hmm. They work hard. Yeah, they do. They do work hard. Appreciated. Yeah, and it's and I wrote a checklist out for the cleaners, wrote it, and I thought, "Am I taking the piss?" Like Hmm. the stuff that we asked them to do, like do the skirting boards and the attention to detail that you have to do on these cleans. But I look after them, like, if they need anything, get what you want. I pay some of them petrol, depending on the agreement we've got um, and where they live. And then, yeah, I send them, like, the five-star reviews. Because sometimes you've got to go back to your cleaner and go, look, that guest was pissed off. Yeah. And I always get them to evidence the cleans and go, just take before and after pictures. I don't need them, hmm. you, but we'll trust you. So if you think something's wrong, like, we had a real bad one this week where trashed the house, stained all the towels, broke the door handles off didn't pay the late check outfit loads of problems and anyway we've raised it with booking.com and she sent us a video and there was one time last week where there was pissed off the house was disgusting how dare it not be cleaned and it was a load of rubbish because the tape before and after pictures mm. and I said look I'm really sorry we've got to evidence x y and z and she was like oh, I'm not quitting now I'm not having this this is mm. a load of shit yeah. I went no no I'm not been horrible to you don't take it personally some guests are just assholes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and they yeah, are. Exactly. Are. And yeah. we won on booking.com and we got everything evidenced. And then this week I went, I thought you'd like to see a five-star review. You're doing a cracking job. Thank you very much. Sent her a couple mm. of love arts, kisses, yeah. etc. Um, And then it's coming up Christmas. We'll get them some nice, yeah, nice fantastic. stuff. They're, they're worth the wait in gold, to be honest with you. Yes. They yep. run the business, not me. <laughs> yeah. I think the cleaning team is pretty much a heart of the, the operations. Um, because you need, they are the one that, you know, meant to give the wow factor when, when people walked in. So, mm. um, you have to look after them well. So yeah, hundred percent. So, yep. So Heidi, this, uh, you know, this, this podcast is, is mostly, it's about bringing people on here who have kind of created, um, you know, a lifestyle for themselves, um, through Airbnb. And would it be right to say that you, you know, you've, you've dramatically increased your, you know, your, your lifestyle, right? You're now out your job, you're, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing well, you're making money, you you got all these properties. So, so was that, was that kind of the aim? Was that the, was that the kind of idea when you got into this was to get out of your day job and have more free time, you know, more money in your pockets, memory, family, friends doing what you want to do. Was that kind of in your head at the beginning or did it just kind of happen? No, definitely. I'm very, as much as I come across really unprofessional, (laughs) I always have a really good strategic plan. So I give myself a target of replace my income uh, before my youngest goes to school. So replace my salary, leave my job before my youngest goes to school. And I think I had four, no, three years to do that. And I was like, right, okay, I'll do rent to rent. I don't have any money. I can't buy mm. property. I tried to buy a property for the last 10 years. I, I have, can't save. Um, so I chose rent to rent for cash flow. So I like cash yeah. flow, cash flow, cash flow. And was that, rent to, rent, was that rent to rent for SA or rent to rent no, HMO? What was I didn't the... want to do SA. So I did say, so you'll love this. So I did rent to HMO because I love HMOs. I've lived in HMOs. I understand the homeless population. I wanted mm-hmm. to give back. So I was like, rent to HMOs perfected that the only reason I got into SA is because the only house I owned was in my personal name and obviously section 24 capital Mm. allowances came in and we was like oh for god's sake we won't making any profit on it um my tenant was an idiot 
She owed us three months' rent, trashed the house. I used to work with her as well. She's listening. Still lend me mm-hmm. some money. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, I've owned this property five years, and actually I'm in a deficit because of the boiler going, rent arrears, yeah. etc. Yeah. So we turned that house into an essay. And I was like, okay, this will de-risk the portfolio. So I started then getting offered deals where it was like a three-bedroom terrace house or, oh, you you seem to know what you're doing. Do you want a JV with me on this? And then we had a gap in the market where people said, there's no SA manager around here. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll do it then. Hmm. So then I started doing SAs, got more SAs than HMOs which baffled me because I didn't really like SA at the time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you asked me to pick, I'd pick HMO any day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it de-risked it. So I, again, own a SA, have um, profit shares, rent to rents and management, and it's yep. de-risked the portfolio. So if anything goes wrong with the HMOs, yep. I've got and SA, the then backups, I've got deal yeah. packaging. So I've got about six streams of income where mm-hmm. if one goes wrong, it's fine. So SA... It's a night. Nice, so I say you can sort of, you can and you can't guarantee what's coming in. So, mm. yes, if you're 100% occupied, your nightly rates might be different. So you can sort of incrementally see some income coming in. So the way I did it for myself was, I've replaced my income with HMOs, SA's fund money, but mm. it's not because it's going to be investment money. So mm. that's the way I've done it. So yeah, I, my next plan is to take on what I've been offered now and stop. I don't want a rent to rent business forever. Mm. Um, it's it's classed as a noisy grafter sort of business. And although I've automated it as much as possible and I barely spend any time on it and it's still successful, my ambition is to, everything I've just achieved, do it with owning the properties Yeah. yeah. and then giving it to someone else so I don't have to, to do it. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you won't hear Makes this, sense, yeah. my, my phone's over there. I've just got two bookings through now because mm-hmm. the little yep. noise for the bookings are coming through. Ka-ching. Yeah, it's <laughs> proper cheesy. It actually does that. It's really like fringe. But I've just got two bookings come through while I'm sat here. It's all automated. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So it's worth it. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. So how, how did um, SA compare to, to HMOs in this case? Um, because, I mean, do you find that you get quite a good margins on, uh, on HMOs? Um, yeah, with, I, with the I current climates, HMO. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I've got some rent to rents where the profit's a bit shit, yeah, and then I've got yeah. some where it's like a grand thirteen hundred per HMO on a rent to rent as well. So they're wow. like, I've managed to overprice the rents, and people will pay for it because yep. of how I've done the properties and also mm. the customer service. I'm a yes. little bit nicer than some of the landlords. Mm. So they'll come to me and I'll look after them. And I specialise in either homeless or overseas nurses. So mm. I've like got both sides of that market there. Yeah. With SA, the great thing about SA is you can automate most of it. Mm-hmm. So if you've got your platforms and your software and you're willing to pay for that privilege of those, yeah. most of it's paid for. So if someone has a booking, they will have just got a message to say, thank you for booking with us. Um, here's some information. There's five automated messages per per booking. So before booking, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. just when they're booked, um, just before they arrive, when they arrive, are you okay? Here's your checkout information. Would you like a direct booking next time? Please mm-hmm. leave us a review. So there's like yeah. five automated messages. People will respond 
And then we'll send out another automated message. So they'll go, oh, thank you very much for checking up on us. And we're like, cool. Mm -hmm. Another yeah. automated message goes out and they think we're talking to them. It's great. And we're not. Yeah. Um, that then links with the cleaners. So the cleaners will go in, sort all the cleans out, mm -hmm. um, invoices at the end of the week, we'll pay for it. So SA is great because you can automate most of it. The only things we do is go in physically monthly and just spot check we're happy with everything do the fire risk assessments, do the monthly inspections, any testing of any alarms, checking all the doors, um, making sure we're happy with the decor, take a little mm -hmm. paintbrush around, touch up anything if the cleaners haven't already, and just make sure everything's running nicely. So SA compared to HMO is great because you can automate most of it. The mm -hmm. only thing I find difficult, and I don't know if it's the same with yourselves, is like the guests are completely different to, to tenants something breaks in a hmo you can sort of go maintenance days are on a friday we'll yep. sort it out on friday wait a little down. bit yeah mm -hmm. yeah sa guess and this is one of the reasons originally i didn't want to go into it is because guests can be very entitled and it's yes. a hospitality business it is, i've yeah. been used to homeless people that are very grateful for years yep. anything slightly wrong in an sa your whole business can be in mm. jeopardy so we've had a couple of listings been threatened to be taken down because there was a cobweb and the stairs were too steep and i'm like what the fuck so i got yes. a one-star review on a house because the stairs yeah. were too steep yes. and my listing was threatened to be taken down my entire business mm. and yeah. then i've had people it was my husband's birthday and we went out for for dinner with the kids and someone rang us up and went We'll just turn up to the property. The cleaner hasn't been. It's a shithole. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing ever in an essay on a Saturday night that you can experience, in my opinion. Yeah. And it has to happen when you're out, when oh, you're just about to take nightmare. that bite. Yeah, it does. And I was like, oh. and, and I, I link, link issues with memories, and that will forever annoy me because I'll always remember that. Yeah. Um, and I got the cleaner there within 20 minutes. She was like, shit, I'm off. Sorted it out in 20 minutes. And I had to give him a full £700 refund. She bought him boxes of chocolates and stuff. I lost out on some money, yeah. um, ruined the dinner, and it was shit. Yeah. And that's what I don't like about SA compared to HMO, mm. is that it's that instant problem that you have yeah. to fix regardless. Yeah. And that happens a lot more than you expect. All this, yes. Yep. You get a lot of people as well, you know, trying to, I don't know, just pull anything out as much as you know it's kind of skin you whatever you get yeah any anyhow any way you they can yeah um just to get a free stay yeah you know? and they, they don't tell you they don't tell you about that either we had one this week where um woman rocked up 10 o'clock at night and i'm really honest on the listings 10 o'clock at night messaged us where's the freezer and i was like there's a little shelf in the fridge the fridge ain't great and we say that we need a better fridge a big fridge we've got a little one it's in the freezer 10 o'clock at night i obviously responded in the morning um and she didn't respond back so i was like cool she's found it she stays for the duration of the stay and at the end uh, uh raises it with booking.com bins were overflowing shithole flies were in the house um no thingy hosts were assholes proper went to town on it We've, and again, we get the cleaners to take before and after pictures before they go in. And Booking.com rang us up at 11 o'clock at night. Obviously, we was in bed um, and fully refunded that guest without even taking any evidence from us. 
And we've mm. spent a week disputing it. And actually, we've yeah. got all the money back because the guest, there was nothing wrong with it. They never communicated with us. They couldn't evidence it. Um, they stayed for the whole duration of the, the stay. Mm. Yep. But that little technicality, if we'd not fought that, that's a week's yep. booking we've lost yes. because of a guest. So, again, people put lovely things on Facebook like, mm. oh, I've got a five-star review. Oh, we've had the best. Oh, we've put love outs on the toilet paper. Oh, and swans on the beds. Mm -hmm. They never talk about them arseholes that you actually lose <laughs> loads of money on <laughs> because yeah. of little things like that. So. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I probably ruined everyone's SA business now. I do apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, that's this is the real, the real the bit reality, that happens. Yeah, yeah reality yeah. is that happens. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yes, it's, it is the reality, but I, I think it's right to say that there's a lot more good people than bad right mm. there's yeah. a lot more get there's a lot more guests that are grateful that you know put up good reviews you know than than the assholes yeah. that, that that we're talking about but yes mm -hmm. they are out there oh um, there's so. like, there's loads out there again we we got a five star review today we get a lot of five star reviews but then we've, there's also one in the middle that'll give you one star and go horrible host blah blah mm -hmm. blah and i'm like look at the rest of the reviews and then we had an incident this week where we, again we had a real bad guest in a property um your washing machine's broken they actually broke it but the washing machine's broken and then we couldn't fix the washing machine in time for the next guest. And Hi, it Heidi, so so who's your target market for, for SAs? Anyone who will pay me, basically. Yeah. Like not, okay. I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah. So so basically um, the reason I asked for it was that sometimes we get loads of complaints, but mm. they are they tend to be the one that fall outside our our, our avatar. The, you know. Yeah. So let's say for example, we like we are like really focused on contractors. Uh, business contractors, uh, corporates, and and you know relocations, but as soon as you get leisure guests coming through, that's when the problem Le happens. Yeah, do you know I've had I've had a mixture from contractors. So where we live, contractors is the main market. We live next to mm -hmm. huge worldwide known oil refineries. We yep. there's a lot of regeneration in the areas. We used to have a world famous port, so we have a lot of contractors in the area. But the way I design my houses is to hit the contractor market, but also the leisure market on, you know, times where we don't have contractors. Yes, of course. Yep. So any, so I've got a seaside one, for example, right next to the seaside. That's aimed at contractors, but I've decorated it like a holiday. Let. I've got waves okay. in it and kids stuff oh, and wow. stuff yep. um, to hit both markets. But I find that any, oh God, I'm going to offend loads of people. Anyone that's over 50, has really like slated some of the areas that they're in because they think the booking like Lake District and it's mm. on like a real bad estate in Grimsby or a real bad area of Hull and they've gone, oh, mm. your pictures are beautiful, but the area is terrible. I'm like, mm. you don't book a property and you don't look where the house is. Mm. Like, it's not my fault the neighbours haven't put the bins in. <laughs> but but yeah, I've got a shit review because the neighbour haven't put the bins in and people right. don't look where the booking. So that's... That's most of our issues where the houses are stunning that we have. Yeah. But because it's in a certain area and they don't yeah. realise that. That's a little mm. tip, actually, if anyone's running Airbnbs and they don't know this. If a guest wants to cancel their booking because of the area and they tell you that, that's actually against the policy of Airbnb. So actually they can't request a refund because they haven't done their own due diligence. And that took me three refunds to realise that. Wow. So, that's well, really good too. thank you who, who would do that who would book a place without looking at where it is that's like honestly it's happened to us about six yeah. times yep about six times because they go oh that's
that's a nice picture. Yeah. And then they go, oh, it's off Newland Avenue Hull. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, it's a mm. student area. <laughs> mm. yep. It's a bit rough. Wow. Yeah, I never heard of that before. Yeah, it's so that a little tip if anyone uh, gets a refund request. <laughs> so what's um so what's the future looking like for for Heidi? What's what's next? You're obviously already in a good position. You've just left your job. You've got your properties. The SA business is good. HMO business is good. Where do we where do we go from here? What's the next? My my big... world domination. Mm. Oh, I know everyone says that. So my big plan was to watch Netflix and paddleboard. That's what I yeah. keep telling people. I'm one of them idiots that don't relax and, and I want I say my life is relaxing but I don't do it my next plan is to replace everything I've just done with stuff I own so I'm actually mm. negotiating on a block of flats buying HMOs raising mm. finance um and if I achieve that then I'll probably do something else mm. my other side hustle is because I've just come out of the social housing sector and I promised my team today and I said look I'll I'm going to get you some stock because we need some stock so it's one of it is replacing my income again with stuff I own because mm-hmm. I want that stability because rent to rent is great, but it's not lifelong st- stable. True. Yep. Um, legacy stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's not legacy stuff. And I said to my team, I'll get them some stock. So I'm going to go into, I'm going to try and match investors and landlords to the councils and social housing providers. Um, because we need stock for ex-prisoners. We get mm. them for asylum seekers we get them for care leavers. We get them for the elderly and learn disability. Nobody will touch the prisoner space. And I'm very passionate about that. So mm. that's my plan as well to just do that on the side. Yeah. I watch Netflix mm. and paddleboard. <laughs> Amazing. I guess I can, you know, I don't know anything about the prisoner, uh, you know, system. But if I'm honest, I can see why people would, you know, be a little bit unsure about entering yeah. into that market or having those people kind of stay in their properties. It's, it's a, you know, it's not a nice thing to say or think, but it's just, I guess it's natural. Yeah. People have been in prison. You don't know why you think they're going to be, you know, aggressive or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what comes to mind, but I can see that be a hard gap to fill. I can understand it why is. it doesn't exist. Yeah. You've got, it's difficult because I've worked with murderers. I've worked with rapists i've worked with pedophiles drug addicts it's the ones that the ones that cause the most carnage are the ones that are in prison for the least amount of time for the lower level offenses shoplifting drug drug offenses uh drink driving offenses that sort of chaotic lifestyle because they haven't got that stability hmm. and that's where we find the most difficulty so if anyone goes oh i'm not housing a sex offender you're actually some of the best tenants because they want to keep the head down they don't want to be known they're quiet um but with your drug addicts they they do get the benefits you just need it paying directly to you and you need that support system there so there's support out there there's providers out there but there's not enough stock because what one of the difficulties is and i'm working closely with quite a lot of local authorities is they need to guarantee that rent they need to guarantee that if it goes tits up there's some money there to pay for it so i've helped commission projects within councils that will pay for that and that's the certainty landlords want. So they're willing to give it a go and they're willing to get involved and understand it and de-risk it. But the schemes need to be available to pay for any damage because inevitably there will be at some there point. There will be, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there will be, yeah. yeah. And that's that's the difficulty. So, But I thought usually when the council takes on, like, say, a property, um, they would tend to be the one that, you know, kind of put things back to to what it, what it was. And... Yeah, th- this is a bit of a misconception, really, because not many... I like 
local authorities have the money or the budget to take on properties mm. anymore. So people, and I see, it really annoys me. I see it in, I'm, I'm classed as a national expert at the minute, not tomorrow, but at the minute. Um, and actually people go, oh yeah, the local authorities will take them on and they'll pay your market rent and blah, mm. blah. Not many local authorities Can do, have yeah. the money to do that now. Yep. Or it'll go to an exempt provider like... I'm just going to say YMCA because it's well known, but there's yeah. Mia's, Circo, loads of charities out there uh, that will take them on as exempt providers. But again, once they max their bed spaces out, there's still demand. So again, there's a lot of other schemes where Hull City Council's got one. I'll give them a shout out for that. But they will house ex-prisoners or ex-homeless into a buy-to-let property, one bed, for example, and pay the rent and then offer them the support element to go, we will help you retain that property, but it's knowing that and knowing where to to sort of look for those. So, yeah. and again, for to tie this back into serviced accommodation, there is local authorities and other schemes that will look for Airbnbs, but again, it's got to meet their threshold and standard to to give you that, and it's got to sure. be in certain areas as well because some yeah. areas they don't want them in. So, no, yeah, mm. yeah, we've we've dabbled with with the local councils where I am. Uh, and had a few conversations, but their 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 rates just you know can't even come close. They're terrible. You know, the rates are absolutely really. dismal because they yeah. haven't got the money. And yeah. and I've done a lot of presentations to regional homeless forums and national national. I did a national bloody homeless World Homeless Day presentation this week. And again, one of the issues is the rates are not comparable to the general public. And then it's that affordability, and then they'll never get to that that level to you know supply the house in so it's you've got to be a special sort of landlord to take a hit on money to give back and mm. i think it only really suits people at the minute if they've got like a huge portfolio and they're already very very successful what we yeah. need it to be is that turnarounds of let's actually supply the properties we'll profit off it because it's business but the councils have enough money to to do what they need with it with little risk and that's where there's a massive gap at the minute without without getting into too many politics because that's not what this podcast is about but what's your feelings on um you know you're obviously well versed in the homeless sector i don't know about you but personally uh, you know i with the asylum seekers and the whole migrant thing and you know okay you know these guys are you know fleeing war-torn countries and all the rest of it i get that Mm. but the fact that they can arrive and immediately be you know, put in, in very nice hotels and everybody's found accommodation immediately in some form. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that can't be done for all of the, you know, the vets and, you know, the the homeless people uh, that are on our streets. Uh, I don't see it, why that it li- hasn't been It literally done. comes down to government budgets. So if the government want to chuck two billion at asylum seekers, they'll find the money. They don't readily want to chuck two billion ex-prisoners or veterans or whatever and the thing again which which doesn't marry up is the commissioning services so for example i work in criminal justice services they'll go here's a 22 million pound contract you do that i'll give you five million i'll give you two million i'll give you one million and then they give us all completely separate kpis to me on separate systems that don't talk to each other on separate timelines and then wonder why it's gone wrong and it's like Ugh. and this is one of the reasons i've exited the sector because it's so depressing that i think i've actually achieved more for homeless people practically in two years than i have yeah. done strategically mm. working in a charity so 
they definitely need some some gap and I think I'm one of the only people who's got the homeless knowledge the legislation and the investor mindset to match it together yeah it's a bridge and that's kind of where I want to want to sort of influence people in a way to go this could work actually because I've tried it in a charity space and it didn't work because every time I spoke about money and business investments and strategy and risk they've gone what what are you on about and I'm like Mm. oh for fuck's sake so I've left and then I can feel like I can influence investors better than I can the government so that's kind of where I'm going with that so yeah with the asylum seekers it, it, it literally awfully boils down to what will the government throw money at crazy crazy it is well, it, very annoying. It, it, it sounds like you have you know you've created something where you're you know not only obviously doing financially well for yourself but you're also mm-hmm. serving like you know a nice community uh, yeah, yeah yeah you're bringing yeah. good to the world you're solving yeah. problems you know it sounds like a really good yeah. kind of mix um you, you because, you know, a lot of people out there who aren't in property, you know, they look at us all and think that we're, you know, these greedy, you know, selfish landlords and just out for ourselves. But obviously you're not. You, you, you're doing good. Yeah. The thing is, as well, I was speaking to my friend this week. Property is nice. It gives me money to pay for stuff in my life. It doesn't get me out of bed in the morning because I enjoy doing it, which sounds crazy. You've got to get yourself out of bed and motivate yourself. And me trying to eradicate, not eradicate homelessness, but like support with homelessness gets me out of bed in the morning keeps me passionate trying to see if there's enough towels in essays don't motivate me to get home no. <laughs> yep. you've got to have something to get yourself up in the morning yeah so there's always going to be like a bigger um i don't know a bigger vision behind is, is that what you mean and yeah like to, to make sure that it's gonna gonna work and, and gonna keep you going the whole time and yeah it'll keep it'll keep me going um i don't know if you've listened to daniel hill's blueprint property podcast if anyone listens to that he talks about the year of purpose live year of purposeful living or something if you've come across it and he designs his year like every differently every year if that makes sense so he'll do you know I think one year he lived on a boat cut his cost down one year is you know lived very luxuriously and I think if you have something to motivate yourself every year Mm. whatever that is yeah keeps you going there's no there's no way i'm going to be passionate about folding towels into swans for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) you've got to have like a bigger picture haven't you yeah i folded plenty of swans towels into swans in my previous job (laughs) can you fold a swan no not quite not quite a swan i'd like to learn it a hard shape perhaps maybe yeah 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 but i know what you mean it's not the most fulfilling but but you know you're living proof that serviced accommodation or, or Airbnb, it can give you freedom, right? Oh, gotcha. What, whatever you determine that to be, you know, you've chosen it to be more time with your family at home. For other people, it could be the ability to travel, you know, if they've got a systemized business like you have mm-hmm. and still and still make a good income, right? And uh, work very little. So that's kind of what this is about, is about demonstrating through people like you that, it, that it's possible uh, to mm-hmm. kind of create this lifestyle by design which is uh pretty cool yeah definitely what there's one thing as well that's quite nice is to go to your mates do you want to have a free night out in lincoln go on then and then and then you use your own airbnbs to to enjoy your life and then i've given a couple of nights away for charity things as well so when people go can anyone donate anything Mm -hmm. it's not physically money you're giving away but it is if that makes sense so again it's quite nice to sort of give back but enjoy it as well and 100 percent block that time out 
Yeah. yeah. And I think it's cool to kind of break this, this mindset or this way that we're taught from the minute that we can start taking in information about getting a job, right? Exchanging your time for the money, uh, you know, the, the whole kind of society thing. And it, and, it, and it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to give up all of your, the best years of your life in a job, you know, with a hope that once you get to 65, you can actually start to enjoy life. Mm. Yep. You know, you, you, you can do it differently. Um, it's, that's, that's really important as well. So for anyone getting into it is I've worked my, don't speak about this a lot, but I've done, I've got a degree, I've got a master's, I've worked, I've got, I've got shitloads of qualifications to be a contract manager. Um, and I've built my entire career up to get to this point. And my mum, for the first time, asked me, said, are you going to be all right? And I was like, yeah, of course I fucking will. And she was like, what did you, what was your take home a month from work? And I went, mm. I got taxed so badly. My take home was actually only 2,400 a month. And she was like, mm. well, that's a lot of money to lose. I went, I can sell one house for three grand. Mm. That's, that's the reality now where yes. I can do very minimal work yep. and achieve a lot more quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's what property gives you. So I've got an abundance of strategies where I can go, what mm. do I want? I want to go on holiday. What do I need? I need to sell two deals or mm. I need to get one more house to get my, I've got a transport now, a Volkswagen. Mm. People have gone, oh my God, how have you afforded that? I went, oh, I've just got another rent to rent. They mm. mm. simple and ran it through my business. So mm. yeah. it will give you the life. You've you got to graft for it. But like mm. it, I couldn't have afforded a transporter staying in my job as a contract manager. Mm or going on holiday so yeah it's definitely definitely gives you them tools and it's but, worth but i think heidi you just that. you just point something like so important out because like say for example you wanted that transporter but then you said you went to get another rent to rent which is like to you is an asset that creates money yeah. but you know most people wouldn't think of that they would think of oh I'm, i think i'm gonna borrow some more you know take a loan yeah. out re remortgage to take the money to do something like that but you know so exactly exactly and i got myself promoted to the highest possible position i could get to and still couldn't get one so mm. i was like oh what, what can that's, i do to get the point? life i want property i don't enjoy property i don't like mm. go oh i bloody love towels yeah. and that it, it's just the paper. benefits that it brings so. yeah definitely yeah. it's well worth it yeah. yeah it's it's scalable right you can determine and decide your own income um and how much work you want to do or how much or how little you want to do mm. you know to to suit your lifestyle whatever that may be yeah it's um it's completely customizable yeah. very it's very brilliant. cool so look as we uh kind of wrap up and then come up to the hour mark i wanted to ask you a question heidi uh if you don't mind mm-hmm. for the people listening at home who are maybe just beginning their journey if you could take yourself back to when you was beginning um obviously you've done very well seems like you've done most things right from the get-go but maybe there must have been some mistakes that you made right so if you could go back to the beginning you're just thinking about getting into property you're thinking about which strategy to do what would you do different Uh, have you got any kind of big regrets uh about the way you did things and and what what would you do different to kind of make where you are now or, or got to where you are now quicker or to have grown something bigger in the period of time that, that you've been in property? Um, I This is controversial because I've taken on deals that were terrible and they're still terrible, but I still don't regret taking them on because I learned so much. So every negative, I see it as a positive and a learning curve. So anything, any mistakes I've made, I've kind of gone, nah, I've learned something from that. What I'd say to anybody who's absolutely brand new, 
pick one strategy and perfect it. Don't for the first six months, I proper messed about. I went on viewings for houses I didn't want to buy. I was looking at blocks of flats that I had no possibility of buying. Loads of stupid things. If you're going to do SA, do SA and graft and graft and graft. And you're going to get no's and you're going to get people go, who are you? You've just started out, whatever. Really graft, really network, really do your social. I don't like social media. You wouldn't think that, would you? But I'm always on it and I'm always... You're everywhere. It's I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm so annoying. I'm everywhere. But I hate doing it. But you wouldn't know that um, because I proper... I'm consistent. So my, my biggest tip to anyone is just bloody be consistent. Mm. Yes, you're going to have shit days every day. But be consistent. Uh, do one strategy tool, successful, really, whatever that is. And uh, ask for help. Don't be precious. If you feel a twat, just ask for help. Because I had someone say, don't take that deal on. And I did, regretted it. Um, and then I've had people go, have you stacked that properly? What about that? Just ask everybody for help all the time. Mm. And you'll just grow and get better. Awesome advice. Amazing. Well, uh, Heidi, I mean, just just obviously just met you now on this podcast i've obviously seen you around but just getting to know you now and it's so clear that you are yeah uh nuts. pretty amazing and <laughs> super nuts. driven yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, <okay>. it's, <laughs> yeah no it's it's, it's very clear it's that amazing. you're uh you're going to achieve big things and and yeah very very inspiring so thank you so much for sharing your story with us and everybody at home and how can how can how can everybody find you? I'm sure people are going to want to get in touch. Oh. What's the best uh, best way to get Never. in touch with I'm you? Underground. Um, my my best probably Heidi Louise on Facebook. You'll find me. I'm Gobby. Um, that's my main one. I have WhatsApp. If anyone wants to WhatsApp me, just message me on yeah. Facebook. I am going to be on LinkedIn, but I'm LinkedIn as a charity worker at the minute. So Heidi Louise on Facebook. Yeah, very cool. We'll put Fantastic. all that information in the uh, in the show notes. Yep. So, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up. So thank you so much, Heidi thank Louise, you. for coming on the podcast. Thank and thank you for everybody listening at home. And we'll see you again next week with another fantastic guest. <laughs>